Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. And joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Jay Noon. And now they got another government guy at another government hearing, a congressional hearing where supposedly people are put under oath. So you're supposed to believe that these people are telling the truth because they're under oath. It would be perjury otherwise. And I saw some footage last night of this guy, David Grush, who served 14 years as an intelligence officer, so-called, in the Air Force and National Geospatial Intelligence Agency. He appeared in front of the House Oversight Committee's National Security Subcommittee alongside two former fighter pilots, according to CBSNews.com. And apparently this guy is now a whistleblower. He told these House lawmakers that Congress has been kept in the dark about unidentified anonymous anomalous phenomena. I guess that's the new term for UFO. It used to be unidentified flying object. Now it's unidentified anomalous phenomena, or UAP, and alleged that these agencies have been withholding information about these objects for years. He served as a representative on two Pentagon task forces investigating UAPs until earlier this year. He told the uh, Congress people that he was informed of a, quote, multi-decade UAP crash retrieval and reverse engineering program during the course of his work examining these classified programs. He said he was denied access to those programs when he requested it and accused the military of misappropriating funds to shield these operations from congressional oversight. He said later that he had interviewed officials who had direct knowledge of aircraft with, quote, non-human origins and that so-called biologics were recovered from some craft. So if this guy is to be believed, the conspiracy theories work, you know, that many uh, alien fanatics out there, whatever you want to call them, uh, UFO hunters, have had is uh, is true. They've been saying for years that the government has been covering up UFOs. That they have, uh, you know, they've found the downed UFOs. They've come and collected the uh, the hardware. And if there were bodies there of alien uh, creatures, then they've collected that too. And apparently, this guy is backing this up. Now, before we went on the air, Jay, you said this is a distraction. Yep. So here's they are, so this stuff is probably most likely true, like what he's saying about the government. Because first okay. off, so here's the way I think about it. Uh, first off, when it comes to aliens and these unidentified flying objects, uh, the thought that us human beings here on planet Earth are the only intelligent life in this entire, you know, galaxy, cosmos, universe, universe yeah. whatever. Makes no sense. Uh, makes no sense. There's, there's probably somebody else out, out there. Uh, in fact, uh, I would be quite likely to say that us humans were probably a, a, a race of slave people that were, you know, genetically engineered by some very high, you know, um, highly intelligent race that we're unaware of, um, then dumped off here on this planet at some point because there's some interesting theories reason. about yeah, that. I, I mean, and, and that's actually a theory I like. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it's, but it's a theory I like. It's probably, I don't know. But one thing I, I do, do know is that um, government likes to save these kind of things. Media likes to save these kind of things when they need a distraction. Mm-hmm. So uh, I believe that the uh, Monica Lewinsky scandal w- uh, was just uh, back when, um, you know, so there's a bunch of people listening to this probably weren't paying attention or even alive when Too that young. happened. Yeah. Uh, so basically, Monica Lewinsky was a White House intern during uh, the Clinton administration, 
and a guy named Ken Starr uh, brought an impeachment uh, proceeding against Bill Clinton because allegedly Bill Clinton engaged in some kind of sexual uh, activity with this young intern. Yep. And uh, but what happened during that whole impeachment uh, thing was a thing called the Chinese Trade Accord was going on the same time that Ken Starr brought his impeachment against Bill Clinton. And the Chinese Trade Accord, which was very much uh, wanted by uh, the, the Walton family, who's had you know ties to the Rose Law Firm, which was that's Hillary's law, thing, right? Yeah, Hillary's law firm. Uh, they they basically needed the distraction, a wag the dog situation, so that the American public wouldn't be paying attention to everything getting moved over to China. And and I was I was a teenager. This happened. I remember I was in high school, I believe. Yeah, I had to be in high school. But by the time I was out of high school, a bunch of the local factories in Palmer, Massachusetts, textile mills that were bustling before I went to high school were closed down. And that was mostly because everything went to China sort of in, after this Chinese trade accord where the American government made it very easy and incentivized all these companies, gave them grants even to, to move their operations over to China. Well, one of the things that moved a lot of operations of manufacturing to foreign countries, China, India, you know, Pakistan, wherever, yeah, is, is the regulations. Yep, I too. mean, they made it so hard to do yep. business in the United States that these companies, they had to go somewhere sure. else. If you think this is going to be the, the linchpin towards getting people to embrace a global government to fight the alien threat, then there's going to have to be an alien threat at some point, yep. right? Yep. So. You know, I, this is where it gets hard to believe for me because I tend to be of the the belief that governments are not particularly competent at what they do. Yes, they can kill people. There's no doubt about it. The military has all kinds of weapons developed by the private sector that, when utilized, will absolutely exterminate large amounts of human life. So there's no doubt that they are, quote-unquote, good at killing people. They're not particularly efficient at it because they spend a lot of money to do what they do, but they, they are able to kill people. But are they able to fool people into believing that there's an alien threat? Uh, yeah, it's just you hard to believe. You only got to fool you know, a part, the algorithmic slave, the mm -hmm. ones that they've been programming for a while, the people who are gullible, the people that listen to the government, the people that listen to media. You only, gotta get, you only, you only have to get them really fool them. You just got to get them to worry about it. Mm -hmm. That'll have a lot of effect. Oh, please give me, protect me from these guys. Yeah, we need to have an alliance with you know, all these other countries, China and Russia. And, and then they're also pushing another narrative is that you, you hear, well, you know, China and Russia are trading together with this mm -hmm. you know, BRICS deal and these other countries are involved. And now Iran's sending these you know, we're kamikaze drones. I don't know what they're called if you heard about them, but they're basically drones that are, you know, made with a bunch of explosive in them and they just fly into something and they wreak havoc. And it uh, seems to me, Jay, my, my view on this is that they had a ton of success with COVID, right? Like COVID mm -hmm. is something you couldn't see. Right. Aliens, you gotta, you kind of gotta see it, right? Like you gotta yep. see uh, yep. planes or uh, UFO coming down from the sky. They gotta be zapping lasers into people and uh, mm -hmm. coming on down under the ground and abducting people or whatever, right? Like there has to be something a little more tangible, I think, to get people really afraid of aliens. But with COVID, it was just this invisible thing that all of a sudden is more dangerous than the terrorists, and you have to stay inside. And they managed to convince so many people to just obey and get these questionable shots, these experimental, uh, quote, vaccines that God knows what they actually are supposed to do. We're seeing people keeling over at age 30 or 18, apparently some basketball stars, I don't know, brother or son recently son, yep. keeled over at age 18. 
Uh, I mean, and, and so, I mean, there's just like, it's amazing how gullible people are. So, I mean, you're right about that. People are certainly gullible. It just seems like it's going to be a really hard sell to get them on board with an alien invasion without having some serious, I don't know, something to look at. So if the government says it's happening, look at all the government, that all the people in the, in the world that believed the COVID narrative. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how many of those people will buy the UFO narrative? Probably a lot of them, I mean, especially if you can, you know, use like the, uh, you know, what's it, Project Blue Beam, where they can make images in the sky. Have you seen in Dubai mm-hmm. where they have these like giant whales jumping out of the water? It's a, it's a no, hologram. I haven't seen this, no. it's, it's pretty wild. It was uh, one of Jeff, Jeff Berwick does a walk and really? talk, and he had some uh, clips on it where I believe it was in Dubai. They had holog- holograms of these huge whales jumping in, in and out of the water, like hundreds of feet. But wait, wait, was it something you could see with your own eyes or was it one of those augmented reality things where you had to hold up a phone to uh, to see it? I don't know, to be yeah, honest I, with I'm you. I'm curious now. I'm you, pretty I mean, sure you, it was said you could see it with your own eyes. Okay. I mean, I just, that, wa- I just watched it on my about. phone. Yeah, I'll you know. have to. I, I, you got me wanting to look into that. So during one of the breaks, we'll, we'll check into that. But saying that government is incompetent and not being able to pull, pull this off, like they're generally incompetent, is one of the uh, greatest benefits to government. It's called uh, plausible deniability. So one of the things that government really likes to lean on is plausible deniability. So when I would say years ago, nine one one was an inside job orchestrated by the U.S. government, a friend of mine who, a, a relative of a friend of mine who I didn't realize but works in a de- department of defense, and he's, he went and he, he goes, why don't you leave your phone in your truck? This was uh, 2006. And he put his phone away, and we went for a walk in the woods. He goes, hey, if you keep on talking like this, I'm going to have to report your name you know, to my supervisor. You keep on saying things and you know, keep on asking me questions about my job. I'm just going to have to report you. And they're definitely listening to us through the phones. Mm-hmm. And he had, so I brought about 9-11. And, he, and so what he said to me while, while the phones were there, he goes, well, that's silly. Government mm-hmm. doesn't, the right hand of government never even knows what the left hand of government is doing. Government can't keep track of anything. It's just a big bureaucracy. It's very hard to know what's going on. And there's no way government could coordinate something like this. When we took a walk in the woods, the story was a little different. Mm-hmm. But it basically, the plausible deniability is, oh, government couldn't do this. They couldn't pull this off. Uh, you know, uh, like, for example, of, you know, 9-11, for example, which I believe it was either allowed to happen or orchestrated. But one thing we do know mm-hmm. is it did benefit the uh, people, the psychopaths who demand power that want to ro- rule and control us. For sure. Here's another thing they get to say. Look how horrible all these other administrations were when it came to, you know, talking about the UFOs and all the things they had to do, the, the people they had to harm to cover up this information, and the Biden administration is, you know, letting it all out now. Mm. It's probably going to be another Trying to thing. win some brownie points. Yeah. Members of both parties questioned how Congress, according to CBSNews.com, should go about investigating the remarkable allegations, a reflection of the increasing willingness by lawmakers to demand the executive branch be more forthcoming about the phenomena. Representative Tim Burchett from Tennessee said, we're going to uncover the cover-up, and I hope this is just the beginning of many more hearings and many more people coming forward about this, he said. The UAP, which is the new term for UFO, it stands for Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena, 
The UAP issue has gained widespread attention from Congress and the public in recent years with the release of several video recordings of the encounters, which typically show seemingly nondescript objects moving through the air at very high speeds with no apparent method of propulsion. Now, video footage is easy enough to fake, especially these days. I mean, it was one thing 30 years ago, you know, in the 1990s or even before that in the 80s or whenever it was for when UFO videos came out. It was, you know, they were, the, you, if you were going to fake that, you had to have like a really fancy setup, essentially. You couldn't just, there was no computer graphics uh, to speak of at that time. So you had to do it the old fashioned way, right? Like put a flying saucer on a, a fishing pole string or something and try to fool people. And a lot of people weren't being fooled by, uh, by a lot of these videos. But now, you know, some teenager in his basement could easily cook up a fake UFO video, and certainly the government uh, has the ability to hire people to do fake UFO videos. So if that's what the plan is, Jay, is to just release video of the purported aliens and just say that, okay, now this is what we need to have more government for, then maybe that'll get some people on board. But without actually having witnesses to an actual alien invasion or some sort of I'm sure they could get some people with government badges and clipboards and, you know, whatever, whether they be military people. Oh, I was flying my Mm F-35, and I yes, I saw that. I certify that that is what I saw with my own human eyes. Well, that's what we have going on here. Yeah, so so, so a, a whole bunch of things pop up here. What what could they gain from this? Oh, a bigger military budget. We need a bigger military budget. So well, they get is, that every year anyway. It, well, and now it's just it's so it's almost a trillion dollars now. It's almost a trillion dollars. Yeah. So we need to make sure the military budget is bigger than the debt payments of the United States because the debt payment I believe is close to a trillion dollars. It is a year. getting close too. Yeah. It's so, about, about on par with one another. Right. And 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 here's the other thing too. What have we learned about? The reason that America has adversaries around the world and other nations is because the military industrial complex eggs on its politicians to go mm-hmm. make sure there's wars, to go do saber rattling, to go right. to go send drones over and blow up, you know, uh, wedding parties. And, that means business you know, for those companies. And, yeah. and, and a set, you know, uh, literally annihilate half a million Iraqi children. And then Hillary Clinton just cackles about it. Uh, this is so. So, if all this stuff is true, and these guys are all being honest and are under oath, they're talking about these aliens. It sounds like a whole lot more reason why we should have no government whatsoever. Because I can tell you that they do not represent me. They don't represent anyone I know. Actually, I don't know anyone who supports murdering, you know, half a million children around the other side of the world. I've never I don't met know those people. Anyone who yeah. even supports, uh, aid, you know, aiding and abetting uh, Ukraine. It seems to me that as long as people believe in governments, they are going to keep forming them. They may form it in a different way. They may as f- long as they keep on having faith in this U.S. dollar or any fiat. So he, talk, he, he talked about all these things that happened when, pro, when the governments no longer had the ability to collect a tax on alcohol because all the alcohol was illegal, so mm-hmm. they lost all those alcohol revenues. But there was plenty of revenue, I'm sure, collected on the criminal justice side. But back then, in 1910, you didn't have the Federal Reserve. In the 1920s, you didn't have, you know, the Bretton Woods Accord. So in 1971, you know, the U.S. dollar went off the gold standard. So previous to 1971, they had to at least pretend that they were right. only issuing as much money as there was gold on hand. Mm-hmm. That all went out the window. Uh, that's the first, or that's like the second or third time the U.S. government actually defaulted on its debt obligation. And th- these guys are like, oh, the U.S. government never defaulted. You hear these you know, guys mm-hmm. talk about this all the time. Like, yeah, they've defaulted several times. And one of them was when they closed the gold window, when they shut it off. 
And, so, and the dollar has been just diving in value ever since, and just it, plummeting. Right, and it's been basically 100% fiat currency ever since this 1971 date. Now, you can the government can just keep on growing and growing and growing as long as there's enough slaves to keep carrying it and well, to keep supporting it. And to counter what Skeeter was saying there at the very end of his call, the idea that the failure of the dollar will turn people off to fiat currency presumes that people understand a thing about fiat currency. And I'm sorry, I don't think there's really any evidence for that. I don't know how many people in the United States do understand what fiat currency is. For listeners that don't know, it is essentially fiat means the, you know, the declaration of the king. The king, by fiat, says a thing is valuable, so therefore it is, it's valuable. That's essentially what the, the dollar is. It is what you call a fiat currency. It's the same thing's true of the euro. The same thing's true of you know, the Japanese yen, etc. Uh, and the failure of a fiat currency... All you got to do is look at countries where they've had fiat fail. Like, look at Zimbabwe, for instance. Look at Venezuela. I mean, the people of Venezuela... Look at the United States. <laughs> it's happening here. Well, it's happening, but it hasn't completely look, ended, right? Look in, they your, haven't, look in the cities. The, 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 the examples of the heroin addiction, the drug addicts, the... You know, the, the uh, um, it's ugly, Street. but they're not going to blame the dollar for it. But it is the dollar. But, well, None the of this stuff could contri- happen without the dollar. No doubt. The dollar is contributing. It's certainly extracting wealth from people. That's the whole point of a fiat currency is the, the central bank prints out more money into circulation. They give it to their buddies in the military industrial complex or the pharmaceutical industrial complex, and then it filters down into yep. the rest and of the economy. And before you know it, you know, a hamburger's $10, right? Or $20 well, well, So what happened first is, you know, they also gave all this money to the big corporate farms and the big corporate mm-hmm. farmers to, and to incentivize the production of a whole bunch of feedstock that's, you know, uh, laced with Roundup, which has mm-hmm. glyphosate in it, which makes all of us sick. So basically everything, all the cheap food. So you get this government subsidized cheap food that people have been eating for generations is causing the the old people that die off much younger, especially the ones that you know are, are of the corporate lifestyles and you know in, in microwaving and eating all this you know packaged garbage, and then uh, when that that's when people start backing away because people are understanding that all that government subsidized food is junk. Uh, you, one of the things you know if you remember when I was three hundred pounds, Ian, I remember. Uh, but what actually got me to get down to like two hundred and fifteen pounds is mm-hmm. I went on a strict diet of no government subsidized food. I didn't eat anything that could mm-hmm. be government subsidized, and just you know, you're in looking, great shape today. You look great. Yeah, and uh, so, but a lot of people, <clears throat> so they incentivize a, a lot of stuff that's de- that's unhealthy for us. They don't incentivize mm-hmm. healthy things, that, you know, and and they're creating um, they same want thing with the public schools. Yeah, they just yeah, they want, want dependency, and, and they want they, ignorant, dependent slaves. And then that's government's given uh, all these people that are in the drug encampments money to get their drugs, so they're they're funding the drugs, which is know. why the ignorance is going to be key to why. Fiat will continue. It is such a a common thing these days where people will pull out a device. If you're ever at any kind of a show, I don't know if it's half the audience or more than half the audience. It seems like so many people are just holding up a device as though that's going to give you any kind of shadow of what it was actually like to be there. It, right. You will not capture the audio well cuz the audio is so loud it's going to blow out your phone's microphone. It's not going to sound it's not going to sound close to what it was. It's going to sound like crap. The video isn't going to be that great because, you know, you're so far away from the stage, you're not going to be able to get a good good shot of anything. I mean, I wouldn't blame somebody for taking a quick photo like, "Oh, hey, I was here." But to actually hold your phone up and try and and watch the thing or 
be distracted by your device while you should be engaging in actually enjoying what's going on on the stage. It's such a, you know, now thing or the last uh, 15 years thing. And it's just so annoying when, when I see it happen and it's so common. I, I really like these, some of these events I participate in, like we have a homeschool co-op and nobody uses a phone there. Mm. There's almost no, I, once. Yeah, there's, and what'll be, ha- what'll be, uh, some, I'll put in like one of our chat groups, about this, hey, anybody get any pictures of this? No, we didn't have any phones on on us, you know, nice. which is cool. But, you know, since some of the pictures, I'm actually trying to find some pictures for a presentation I got to do later on tonight that yeah, let's I just talk about don't that. have. Let's talk about that. What are you doing? So what I am doing is I am one of the presenters uh, for the Anarchapolco.com nonconformist series. And this is uh, Freedom Begins at Home. You can go to Anarchapolco.com to learn about this. And it's learn how to build a healthy home and lifestyle you deserve. Mm-hmm. It's August 11th to 13th, and it is a free virtual summit. That's pretty cool. And I'm going to be speaking about uh, the solutions to essentially all the problems that we're seeing now with a lot of adults. So we have mm-hmm. a lot of adults that aren't interested in working. Uh, people just aren't happy, you know, in general with work. And I, I like work. Like, I was going out and stacking hay several times this past week, just getting soaked in sweat. And mm-hmm. I like it. I, I have fun doing that stuff. I I like hard work. I like to challenge. And my daughter, my three-year-old daughter was with me in the hay field. She's just, you know, running around, having fun, helping out, chasing grasshoppers and stuff because she really can't, you know, pick up 50-pound, yeah. you know, bales of hay. But uh, I let her, um, actually, we had to tarp the hay, hay up and then we took the tarp off and rolled it up. So she helped me roll the tarp up, which was super mm-hmm. handy because it's really hard to roll up like a 20-foot by 30-foot type tarp all by yourself sure and tarp is very light so my three-year-old who's like you know 35 or 40 pounds i guess can just you know help me out she can stretch it out she did really good she helps roll up the straps uh and she's all proud about doing doing hay with dad and so so what are you going to be focusing on exactly uh focusing on the solutions so people can understand that their kids basically really need a lot of their attention before the kids are six years old you shouldn't be giving them internet devices you shouldn't be letting internet device form and you know their neurological pathways and these things need to be happening the way it's been happening for thousands of years Mm -hmm. which a little kid should be getting a sensory experience they should be getting their dopamine hit from the sensory experience and the sensory experience i think is that is really good is chickens raising chickens with your kids Mm. and letting your kids my kids have literally been gathering the eggs since they were eight months old my daughter you know i was holding her in the front she was in a front carrier strapped to me but she gather the eggs when she was like five six months old she's in the front carrier and she's and i got the grain scoop right next to her and she's throwing them grain and just enjoying it and having fun and earning those dopamine hits and uh and the real important thing is uh being outside moving around just you know doing stuff Mm -hmm. uh and all these things that i got my kids doing like that most people don't do everybody had to do this with their kids 200 years ago 300 years ago or you wouldn't make it through winter It, it was necessary back then it's not necessary for survival now because most people can just go to your go to their cubicle, send the kid to daycare. They go make quarter million dollars showing up at the cubicle, you know, pushing pencil around or or, or a mouse or you know keyboard mm-hmm. work, and send the kids to daycare. And you know, you pay all your taxes and you think you're and you're living in some sweet condo somewhere and you got a pool and all this stuff. But uh, then what happens is your kids grow up and they don't have any work ethic or skills. Yeah, you see a lot of these like people that have made a lot of money. Uh, in their lifetimes and kids uh, are spoiled and they didn't invest in the kids 
you know, and their and, and their kids basically either spend the money or, um, or they're just you know the the a lot of parents have you know, you know disavowed their kids because they've become drug addicts or you know whatever or bums. The parents will want nothing to do with them. That happens. Then you got parents that are enabling it. Like, no, they're like just friend. spoiled brats. They get yep. a they turn sixteen. They get a fancy car or whatever. Yep, they didn't have to earn do. it. Didn't have to buy it themselves or anything like and, that. And I did the blacksmithing at man camp. So these guys from Anarchopoco, uh, uh, Danny Sesum uh, was there, mm-hmm. and he he was like, "Wow, you you should be a presentator." So they really want me to basically do a presentation about blacksmithing and why I started doing man camp and about the blacksmithing. And I got kind of a little slideshow put together for them. We're going to work on and okay. So and that's, uh, that's coming up in a couple of weeks, you said. Yeah, it's August 11th through 13th. It's a and you can go to anarchopolco.com and what, register? Yep, and you can register okay. on there. And and you get to see a bunch of different topics, I presume. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of presenters. Uh, in fact, uh, I saw a list here of presenters somewhere. Um, and you might have to join the email to get to the presenters. I'm not sure. But I, I did see a list of presenters. As humans, we we should be growing up with the land, on the land, interacting with the land. The, this, these concrete jungles called cities are, mm-hmm. are so far from the land, and whatever little piece of land is in those cities is so heavily regulated. Yeah, it's fake, or or, yeah. or it's you know it's it's poisoned, or you know you can't do anything with it. It's got no trespassing sign. It's you know the city owns it, or or you, even if you maybe you do own it, you got to get like you know all kinds of special permission slips to do whatever things. There are places where you can't have chickens. You know, oh, either yeah. because of the There's homeowners. Of Actually, I talked to a guy the other day. He was like, "I'm in a homeowners association. We can't have chickens." Mm. I'm like, "Why would you live in a homeowners association?" Where does he live? Uh, right outside of Denver, Colorado. He mm-hmm. says 75 percent of the properties are within these homeowner associations. And then he told me that a couple of his neighbors have chickens, and nobody's complained. Oh, interesting. So I'm like, well, maybe you can have chickens then. And here's the thing: when you get chickens, it's not a big. It's not. It's the roosters. Well, hens make a lot of clucking. Oh, do they? When they lay eggs, they make noise. But the chickens thing is um it's not a heavy investment it's mm-hmm. a few hundred bucks uh and if you you know can't have them for some reason you can't handle it or you get to get a nasty gram from a homeowners association you got to get rid of them it's pretty easy to get rid of chickens and everybody i've known has ever had to get rid of chickens or ever had to get rid of you know goats or pigs or cow anything they just mm-hmm. put a thing on craigslist hey i got these animals they need a new home and somebody will come get them it's not mm-hmm. going to be a big deal it, and or you just you know cut off their heads and you make chicken soup out of them, <laughs> you know butcher them and you should be doing that with your kids too. My kids have helped me butcher you know chickens. They've uh, worked on pigs with me. Well, my daughter has. My son, he's just kind of watch a little bit, he's still little, but you know he'll he'll uh, he'll be ready for it you know b- before long. But <clears throat> yeah, getting back to the land is you know that's how you know mankind has been forever. And when you get away from the land, uh, and you start you, you get the problems that. What we have here today, you have a whole bunch of people that don't have an ability to engage in logic and reasoning because their brain got rewired by basically the internet and nonsense and garbage and public schools mm-hmm. and all this, you know, influence, the the sugars, the all the addictive stuff, yeah, they're being pumped to the little kids. And so you grow up with people that, you know, don't understand, that have a hard time explaining, uh, you know, that there's more than two genders and they can't explain it. They just default to rage and anger. Mm. And that, that's what's and a lot of these people have been old enough to vote now for, you know, since 2018. They're old. There's more of them old enough to vote now. And there's going to be more of them coming along because the Internet works really well in everywhere in America now. It, it works in little towns. It works out in the woods. It, it didn't do that. It only worked in big cities 20 years ago.
You know, my my only critique uh, of the sort of get back to the land, get out of the cities movement. I know John Bush, for instance, uh, has been uh, talking about this for the in recent years. He's been giving presentations on it, having conventions uh, and helping people accomplish this. I think that's good for a short term solution for people, meaning that if you're in the city now and you get out of the city, it's going to be better for your kids. Number one. Right. There's there's an immediate benefit uh, to that. You're not packed in amongst a, a million people or whatever you've got more space for yourself so even if you don't have kids it's still better you know just to get that space and get out into your own uh place where you have more control because certainly there won't be as much as far as you know government regulations in a more rural area but to me it just doesn't go far enough you have to have the community aspect that we have here in new hampshire and that is growing on a monthly basis with more and more people migrating here. I see from the Free State Project every time you know they get their newsletter that goes out, there's always another picture of a move-in party, as they call it, where yep. some new family or single person or whoever is showing, or a couple or whatever is showing up, and there's half a dozen to a dozen people that show up. They don't know them. They just show up. They unload the moving truck, and then they have uh, pizza and beers or whatever for a couple hours and hang out and meet some of their new neighbors and potentially new friends there's a level of community here in new hampshire with the free state project this migration of libertarians that are coming to new hampshire and have been now for about two decades at this point that doesn't exist anywhere else if all you do is just that first step of leave the city move to a rural area you're just delaying the inevitable rise of government and control it's going to happen faster oh. in the cities there's no doubt about right. it but those those county bureaucrats and those small town bureaucrats they're corrupt too so so there's a lot more to this than just getting out of the city so part of this is being active to, so one of the things so man camp my idea for man camp is that anyone who has a skill can do this like a guy who you know for example is a woodworker has a woodworking shop in his house, or that's his hobby. Let's say, you know, he works at Walmart during the week, and on mm-hmm. the weekends he's got a little woodworking shop in his garage. He should be having some neighborhood kids over and showing them how to do these woodworking things and how to you do the woodworking skills. Hey, Daily Digestion listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy. So I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin, visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. According to New York Post shoplifting in new york city is now so bad we've heard a lot about the west coast with san francisco and you know los angeles where cvs's are just getting robbed by people walking in with huge naps you know burlap sacks that they're just throwing product into and walking out the front door well apparently it's getting bad in new york city now they are now installing at supermarkets anti-theft devices on ice cream containers you know those little pints of ice cream that you get at the grocery store? They've got anti-theft lids on top of some sort of plastic device. So it's not on. even a pint anymore. It's smaller that's than a true. pint. Yeah, that's true. I picked true. up a thing, oh, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, but it was like, it was a Ben & Jerry's product, 
And it was, it, Weir's Beach was kind of a tourist place here in New Hampshire. Yeah. But it was like a gas station. And it was like $7.99 oh, yeah. for a, and it wasn't, I forget how many ounces it was, but it was not a pint. It was smaller than a pint. I bet it was. And so that's pretty valuable ice cream right there. And, you know, if 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 you can just grab one of those and run off, yeah, I mean, you totally could at this place I was at, but it wouldn't happen because that's very rare. So this is going to really this this is all ramping up in places where, you, where common people can't have guns, That's they right. can't defend themselves. Yeah. It's very unlikely in Vermont, New Hampshire, and Maine it's going to get this bad because right. and and the reason these states are so safe is because anyone that's not a convicted felon can carry. Yeah, and but, at some point, hopefully, we'll get it to where convicted felons can yes. carry guns too. Because if you're a human being, you should have the right to defend yourself, right, regardless of what your uh, your past has been. But here's the story: shoplifters are running so wild in the Big Apple that pints of high end ice cream now have special locked lids to thwart cold-hearted crooks. The Fairway Supermarket in the Upper West Side is guarding its six dollar cartons of Haagen Dazs with bolted plastic tops which can only be removed with a device at the register as other shops have padlocked the freezers full of the treats. So you can't even open the door to some of these freezers in some stores because they don't have the money to put the individual uh, you know, theft prevention devices on. Although I think at some point it says it's the actual company that's doing it. It's uh, being done at the manufacturer, so it's not not done in the store a sign at fairway gives shoppers the scoop on why there's now a barrier on the popular summertime suites it says this to help maintain the lowest possible cost because people don't don't understand this especially there's a certain type of person who thinks it's okay to steal from corporations like they would normally be against stealing but it's okay if a corporation gets stolen from they say because well corporations are evil so you know screw them sort of depends on the corporation so like you know uh bank of america is an evil corporation that steals but joe's bodega is he's just a corporation because that's how he has to protect himself from liability running a little bodega. Sure, but it's still not okay to commit theft in general because even if we're talking about Walmart, I don't want to compare Bank of America with uh, with a retailer. you got to compare apples to sure. at least apples uh, of a different sort. And so looking at retail to retail, Joe's Bodega versus a mega Walmart or a right. Target or something like that, people who are stealing from Walmart or Target are just making it more expensive for everyone else. Because what happens is they expect they're going to lose some product to theft, but if the amount of theft goes up, then they have to simply raise their prices on the rest of the products in the store in or what order they to do make it back. They close the store. We got uh, Sheriff David Hathaway on the line with us calling from Arizona, where he is the sheriff of uh, Santa Cruz County down there on the border. Welcome, Sheriff. Go ahead. Yeah, good evening, Ian and Jay. Um, after last night's show, Ian, guess what? Me and my wife are looking up on the internet. Uh, the Barbie movie? <laughs> yeah, the Barbie <laughs> movie to see. Yeah. When we were listening to that, um, Karen was just nodding her head to everything that Bonnie was saying, that the Ken wasn't important. They just, her and her sisters cared about, just cared about what the Barbies looked like and the dresses and all that. It's the type of movie I never thought I would go to, but after hearing you guys talk about it, we're thinking about going and well, you'll have to times. call in with your review because it was it was pretty entertaining. I have to say, yeah, I couldn't get Karen to call in. She just, uh, <laughs> I was saying, hey, you want to call in? And uh, <laughs> she was agreeing with all of it, but she's just kind of shy and doesn't, you know, doesn't gotcha. like doing, you know, 
public speaking and things like that. That's all right. I know you're probably calling in uh, for some reason, but you uh, probably heard us just talking about the shoplifting going on in New York City. Uh, is there anything like that happening down there where you are? Are you seeing uh, rises in you know store store related thefts? No, I mean the the community here is ninety two percent Hispanic and mm-hmm. you know Catholic and just kind of very much the. They raise with the family values and the, you know, the parents uh, keep, keep a good eye on their kids and whatnot. Plus, you can have uh, guns yeah. in Arizona, right? Yeah, it's actually been ranked, uh, you know, uh, several times as the number one state in the nation for gun rights. Everything's mm. legal here. Machine guns, hand grenades, you know, like <laughs> open carry, concealed carry. Nice. Now, of course, there's the federal regulations. You have to do the federal transfer tax if you're going to you know, buy like an mm-hmm. M16 or something like that. But the state of Arizona doesn't care. There's no laws against ammunition, armor piercing mm. ammunition or incendiary and ammunition or, you know, uh, sawed off shotguns or full automatic. They're, you know, everything's legal from the state's perspective. So, nice. you know, that's good. Yeah. Kind of a main reason I was calling in, I was hearing um, your discussion with Jay about, um, you know, the the inefficient state and the can the state pull off like a uh you know keep something secret like ufos and things Mm -hmm. like that and and really you know i i kind of have to kind of go on the other side of the equation from what jay was saying my experience the state is so inefficient you look at the post office and the motor vehicles they can't pull off any kind of a you know conspiracy or or a big cover-up or a master plan it's just a, a machine for theft you know it's what i call the uh the you know anti-entrepreneurial you know uh, thing like it's just an, a big experiment. Well, that what will the public fall for? The, what, what can you say to scare the public and rip, rip them off? And I'll, yeah, I wrote an article about the subject about seven months ago on the Libertarian Institute. I usually write on Lou Rockwell, but mm-hmm. I wrote an article called "There Is No Master Planner Behind the State's Curtain," and there is. You know, the state's inefficient, and then ju- they just try an endless series of scams to see what people will fall for. On the UFO thing, if they think that'll scare people, then other members of the state will jump on board and just keep per- pushing that narrative. If it if it doesn't get any traction and it falls by the wayside, they'll try something else. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be based on truth, like the COVID vaccinations. Like, it doesn't have to be a plan to kill off people or anything like that. It just has to be... Uh, it has to work for thievery. You have to be able to get the, the the people to tolerate it and be willing to let the government fund it without pushing back. But it can just be chemical slum slum gullion. It doesn't have to have any uh, you know any you know efficient you know master genius formula that can you know kill off people or anything like that. It doesn't matter what's in it. It's just will the public fall for it. But that's that's the whole nature of that that article that. I wrote and put on Scott Horton's website is just that idea that it doesn't matter. The uh, the state can't keep secrets. It doesn't have to be some grand master conspiracy. It's just a continual experiment of what will the public fall for. Mm. Well, I I kind of obviously I'm more with you on this one, uh, David, but there certainly seems to have I mean, they've been able to keep some secrets for some time, right? Like they've got all kinds of classified this and that. 
at the at the federal level. So I mean, I'm not going to say the state can't keep secrets. They seem to have been able to to pull off a lot of secret keeping. Well, you know, I get on, I get into that on this article about mm-hmm. if it's a small scale, if it's killing JFK or something like that, and there's a small group of people, yeah, it, it can happen. But mm-hmm. as far as like some society wide thing, like the COVID thing and the vaccinations, yeah. um, they they selectively publish studies that promote the state's version of things, that promotes the thievery, and then. Uh, the compliant media will suppress any stories or any studies that shows the other side of the narrative, even if they're more numerous, the other stories about masks not working mm-hmm. or mRNA vaccines always failing. And Well, and right. I think I think that's a good point is that if they didn't have the media on their side, it would be a lot harder for them. And ultimately, the media, the mainstream media is their propaganda arm uh, because they'll essentially just take whatever state so-called experts they're pushing out there and they will just propagate them without any kind of serious questioning, without any uh, contrary opinions being offered, and they are essentially just giant state mouthpieces. If the media was actually doing its job and holding these state people accountable, asking tough questions, demanding the answers from them, filing you know Freedom of Information Act requests and making life difficult on these state actors, I think it would be a whole other story as to what kind of things they would get away with. Go ahead, Major. You're on with Ian and Jay. Yeah, you guys were just talking about the streets of Frisco. Mm -hmm. I remember like a year or two back, they were handing out maps of places to avoid because of fecal piles. (laughs) They actually had an app. I don't know if they had a physical map. It wouldn't surprise me if they did, but they actually had an app that you could download that was updated, right? So if somebody, somebody could report a, uh, a pile of doo-doo in the streets of San Francisco, and that way you'd see like updated reports as you were walking around the city. You would know where uh, to be on the lookout and where to where yeah, not, not to step. All of a sudden, there's like five pup tents underneath the only shade tree in, in the median, you know? Well, I don't know it's if you just, need a map to find those things because I, I, as I understand, you know they're fra- it's fairly it's prevalent. It's just crazy where the inner city is, is spinning out of control. Yeah, I can't imagine why anyone would want to live in these places. I mean, I no. don't know how much money you're making there, but I don't know if it's worth getting uh, stabbed at a 2 a.m. robbery. Addiction. Addiction's why they want to live there. Addiction to what? <laughs> the drugs, uh, mm. the convenient lifestyle of the city. There's all they kinds of like people the that, want to, yeah. that want to live there. Like I, I, I literally have. Well, so a city like Manchester, New Hampshire, is really not that bad. Yeah, it's only 100,000 or 125,000 people there. And Concord is 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 not that 40, bad. 40,000. They're not yeah. really you know cities compared to like you know what yeah. these other you know major. Uh, cities that have millions of people and but also these are you know places where uh, anyone can carry so they're kind of mm-hmm. safer streets anyways just like i was saying a couple weeks ago there's a, a block of uh manchester that was really bad five six years ago with the prostitutes and mm-hmm. just the crimes and stuff and a bunch of free staters bought houses there and they're renting out you know apartments to these houses other free staters and these guys are all open carrying because you can and the streets just those areas like cleaned, cleaned up. up really well what were you calling about tonight major well, you guys were talking about all this alien business and whatnot, and I'm thinking about when they first blasted off the A-bomb in Nevada. That uh, I just heard a, a thing from a f- lady that had a farm out there back in the day, and she was like 100, dial, 100 miles away from the epicenter, and she said it rained that nasty uh, atomic fly ash down so hard on her place that it coated the cattle and their hair fell off. I mean, damn near oh. everything died. 
But you, you think about it, that was right when they had World War II going on. So they couldn't put out the brush fire they just started with all this, right? So shortly after that is when they came up with this Area 51. Oh, we got an alien aircraft, and we got to protect the whole sector for 35 miles. Mm-hmm. Well, they just consumed the whole damn blast site, so nobody could get any evidence. Yep, and now there's right. all this mystery surrounding it. No one, you know, has been public publicly admitting anything. Uh, Bo- Bonnie used to live on a military base where there's all kinds of secret things going on. In fact, she, the military base she lived on, they say the rumor is that they moved all of the stuff from Area 51 that was the most interesting, you know, potential alien aircraft or bodies or whatever. They actually moved them out of Area 51 and moved them to this place called Dugway Proving Ground. Which is in Utah, in Texas, close by. Utah, that's where that one is. Yeah, well, close enough. I yeah. didn't figure they'd track them halfway across the country. Yeah, but who knows what the truth is about this stuff, and uh, whether we'll ever well, know. You think I about it. They learned. They learned at that point. Oh, we got to put out this brush fire. Well, ever since then, they've been igniting the brush fire to smoke over the damn problem. Yep. You know what I mean? Smoke create, screen. Create some kind of catastrophe to distract mm-hmm. everybody from the damn man behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to share tonight, Major? No, it's just hard to figure your way through the world anymore, dude. Here's a story I've been sitting on for a little bit, and I figure since we got you here, Jay, you're kind of our values guy on the show more so than uh, than anybody <laughs> else. Uh, and so I figured you might appreciate uh, this story, which is from the Wall Street Journal a little earlier this year. Uh, they say patriotism, religious faith, having children, and other priorities that help define the national character for generations are receding in importance to Americans, according to a Wall Street Journal NORC poll the survey conducted with norc at the university of chicago a nonpartisan research organization also finds the country sharply divided by political party over social trends such as the push for racial diversity in businesses and the use of gender neutral pronouns some 38 percent of respondents said patriotism was very important to them 39 percent said religion was very important and those numbers are apparently down sharply from when the journal first asked the question in 1998. So we're talking about 25 years ago, roughly. Uh, 25 years ago, it was 70% who said that patriotism was very important, and 62% at the time said religion was very important. Those are significant changes. I could tell you uh, patriotism means different things to different people. Sure does. Yeah, it's important. What does the word mean to you? Well, to me, uh, a patriot would be someone who would you know, have uh, values of liberty and freedom and, you know, basically the ideas that were, you know, uh, the important ideas, the goals, you know, around the time of the uh, writing of the Declaration of Independence, stuff like that. That, Mm -hmm. That's what I, uh, you know, would say a patriotism was standing up for your your country, standing up for your neighbor, standing up for what is right, uh, protecting people who can't, you know, who, who are, like protecting the old ladies, protecting the children, protecting the women, whatever, like those kind of things. That no, are, well, I just want patriotic. to clarify what you said. You said standing up for your country. You don't mean the government when you say that, right? No, and when I mean my country, I call, I refer to New Hampshire as my country. Ah, okay. Uh, standing up for 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 your for your land. You know, if somebody's going to come in and attack, you would want to you know, stand up for it. Uh, or or even if it was a neighboring tribe coming to, you know just you know rape and pillage for example 
you know, which which what might have been more of standing up for your country 300 years ago than, you know, what we think of it as today uh, or, <clears throat> you know, uh, and but like, for example, I was in Massachusetts, I don't know, four or five months ago, and I had to get some auto parts at mm. like kind of a mom and pop uh, uh, truck place that I know of. And I, I so the, I'm talking to the guy who owns the place and he and he goes, uh, oh, that will be blah, blah, blah or something, you know, whatever, 150 bucks or something. I said, uh, if I pay you cash money, uh, can I? Can we, you know, knock off the sales taxes and, and you know, and you just put the money in your pocket or whatever? Is there a cash discount? And he mm. goes, you want me to knock off the sales tax? He got like all bent out of shape. Really? If I didn't need this part, I probably just would have left it there on a the counter. Damn. And he got all upset. He, and, he, and, and he slaps himself on the chest with his fist and he says, I'm patriotic. <laughs> I gonna collect the taxes and pay them. And oh, you know, he started giving God. me sort of this speech and. Uh, and I go, uh, okay. That's terrible. And I go, you know, you're just feeding a parasite. And, wow. and And he was just, he's like, well, have a good day, sir. There you go. You know, he, he didn't want to get into it with me, but yep, he was not interested. That that was his term of patriotic patriotism was making sure Massachusetts got their 6.25% sales tax. Well, I mean, it would be one thing for, <laughs> it would be one thing for a business owner to turn you down on the basis of they're scared of getting caught and punished for not collecting the tax. But that wasn't what he was no, saying. No, no, no. He definitely, well, it was make, a badge yeah. of honor for yes. him to, wow, man. Yep. Wow. Uh, that's, that's shocking to me to, uh, yeah, but, but that is, it's a good point. I mean, different people have different definitions of the word patriotism for some people, whatever the government says they will do it because patriotism, and so, that's a completely different viewpoint from what you were expressing. So when I walked out of the store, a guy guy uh, was waiting outside. He kind of heard. He goes, uh, you know who is probably his number one customer is, right? I don't know. He goes, State Massachusetts Police. Highway Department. Oh, man. That figures. <laughs> yeah. he, he goes, yeah, they're, they're you know. They're, All their trucks. And he goes, every time plows. I go by there. The repair shop. One of their trucks is dropping them off parts. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a, it's a it, and it's a it's a one location. Mom and pop stores. Been there forever. Wow. And, you know, the guy's known me good good part of my life. Hmm. I've got a little bit more here from this poll, this survey that was conducted all the way back in 1998 and conducted uh, between now and then. I don't know on how many different uh, years, but at some points including 2019, so we have numbers from uh, 2019, 1998, and 2023 showing that in 98, patriotism was purportedly, quote, very important to the survey respondents. And then in 2023, it went down to 38%. Religion was at 62% as very important to the survey respondents in 1998. That is now down to 39%. Having children is down significantly as well. It was 59% back in 1998, saying having children was very important. That is now just 30% here in 2023. In 2019, it was 43%. So it's dropped significantly since just the last four years. The share of Americans is down very significantly on children. And uh, like I said during the break, Jay, I suspect you've got some thoughts about that one. Well, so the th- yeah, everybody's being programmed and incentivized not to have children. There's actually there's a war on nuclear families. There's a war on families in general. Uh, so many men don't want to get married right now. I'm sure if there's a survey, how many men would like to get married uh, or are planning on getting married? You know, today probably versus a small it's, number. It's w- very low because a lot of men 
uh, get married, and and the example has, and, and they lose, they get divorced, and they lose half of what they've owned. Yeah, who wants to go and, through that? And, and then they have to pay child support. They have to, they get ordered to pay for the uh, health insurance. Uh, they get, you know, I, I actually know guys that were literally got divorced, had really good jobs, and basically after the alimony, the child support, and the health insurance in Massachusetts, a guy got ordered to pay for the health insurance of you know, his wife and the two kids. Mm-hmm. That was like 3,500 bucks a month just that for, for, for the family health insurance plan. And, it, and he wasn't even on it. It was just his wife and, 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 wow. and the two kids. And he was like, you know, what do I do? And he just quit his job. Yeah. Can't work. And he moved back in with his parents. And he's like, yeah, I just now he does nothing. Yeah, well, sort of. He, you know, on the books, probably does nothing, he, right? He he uh, he did that for a little while. The, the the wife lost all the benefits, and you know, and and he was like, you know, then because he was doing nothing and didn't wasn't earning any income, he basically then there was his child support. He didn't have to provide the insurance now, mm-hmm. and then his child support got you know way down. It was I don't remember, you know, it went from being you know two thousand dollars a month to a couple hundred dollars a month or something Mm -hmm. and 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 then finally the wife was like oh this ain't good blah 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 and the guy had a really successful business and just kind of walked away from it wow and because it was just killing him and yeah some other family member owned a business or whatever but uh and once he got an agreement you know and and basically it got to the point where his kids became teenagers and they're like no we want to live with you dad really and and then the wife had to then Basically, as soon as the kids moved back in with him, he started right back up into business again with the kids because they were old enough to work the business with them. Mm-hmm. The kids are in their late twenties now, mm-hmm. really good kids. That turned out very well. But there was definitely a few years where the the woman like drove this guy into the ground, Damn. Uh, and was able to and was incentivized. Well, right, and, the government has ruined marriage, right? And so many young men have seen uncles, their mm-hmm. dads. They, they've seen just their dads be powerless, and they don't want to go through that. Yep. I, it, thankfully, it didn't happen with my parents. They're still together, but I've, I've seen plenty of friends. I've seen plenty yep. of other people go through this stuff, and I had no interest in a marriage. And, I'm now a married man with, uh, with Bonnie, but I didn't expect that. And, I wasn't and, planning on it. And then... Uh, and, and that's one thing I like to I like to say to young people. Well, you'll you'll find a girl that'll change that hopefully, or you'll find a guy that'll change. I've said that to. I'm never getting married. I'm never having kids. Well, maybe that'll change once yeah. you know the the right individual you know sets your particular hormones off that you know you want want you to desire those things. But you know the thing is, is this world is a scary place for a lot of people to have kids. Or like, I can't even afford to take care of myself. Most people because mm-hmm. they're you know got subscriptions to all this nonsense. They you know. They're living way beyond their means. You know, a lot of people would rather drive sure. a nice car than have kids. You know, they'd rather have the car payment. They'd rather have, you know, the, and there's just a lot of things you can't do, you know, once you have kids, like whatever your recreation is, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, I don't it's know. Over. Yeah. Any, if your recreation is partying, doing drugs, if it's, or if it's, you know, going hiking all the time, or if it's, you know, dirt bike riding or, you know, mountain biking, you're not doing this for a few years. Like, so maybe if your recreation, you know, so basically my recreations have all become things I can do with my kids. Mm-hmm. I happen to have turned my recreation into raising some farm animals. Yep. And you can do that with kids. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.